welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game, and occasionally a 7800 game, and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode number 303. Thanks for listening. We're back, baby! Aw oh, man, if you've been paying attention to the Atari Bytes feed in your uh, pod purveyor of choice, or if you follow us on social media, and if you don't, Follow us on social media. Well, why not? At Atari Bytes over on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page. And we're on Instagram. And hell, I'll come stand outside your window if you want. Uh, the point is, I've been complaining on the social media uh, about how I was not able to put out 302 on time. Which you've noticed, as I said, if you've been following your podcast feed. If all goes well, after I record this episode, I will be uploading 302. So it should be in your feed momentarily. Well, within the hour or so from when I'm recording this, which means you've already had it in your feed for several days. So, we're back. The new hard drive is humming along. The uh, Windows 11 is purring away. True, I didn't actually ask the computer guys to put Windows 11 on there. In fact, when I took the computer in, I had a whole conversation with the guy about, you know, should I upgrade? Should I not upgrade? He made a very reasonable point that you know, within a few years, Microsoft is, isn't going to support Windows 10 anymore. And But by then, I will have probably traded up to a new computer anyway. So really, what's the point? And I thought we kind of left it there. But they went ahead and did the upgrade to 11. So I guess I'm getting used to 11 now. Uh, I just got the computer back tonight. It appears that all my data is there, uh, including, happily, episode 302, as far as I can tell which is why I'm saying you should have been able to hear that already. If for some reason that file has been corrupted, well, future me will be crying uh, into his beer. So yeah, so I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to start getting episodes out. You are hopefully hearing 303 on time, uh, and my life will go back to normal, such as it is. In other news, uh, over on the Patreon, I uploaded a video, which should be available to anybody, regardless of whatever level you're donating at. Uh, I think, actually, you can see it even if you don't donate. It's a video of me taking my first test run with the new Atari 5200 that Jose was nice enough to send me, my my dearest friend, Jose. Uh, it's gorgeous. The, the console is pristine. The controls are great. I already have a nice little stack of games, including the ones Jose sent me and some others that uh, some of you have been nice enough to pass along to me over the years, but I couldn't use them. Uh, and now I can. So I can assure you, uh, 5,200 games will start popping up on occasion in the rotation. For those of you who are 2,600 purists, don't worry, uh, I'll get back there too. But uh, it's nice to mix things up once in a while. So uh, I've said it a thousand times, I'll say it again. Thanks, Jose. Really appreciate it. All right, well, enough of, the, enough of this stuff. Uh, I've got a new computer that will let me do stuff, so let's do stuff. This week's game is Scrapyard Dog for the 7800 from Atari, at least the Atari version is from Atari, which makes sense. 1990. Remember the 90s? Weren't they nice? Weren't they fun? Weren't they, you know, relatively peaceful and stress-free compared to what's going on in the 2020s? <sighs> Memories. So, the Scrapyard Dog Manual has a guy with a big red bulbous nose. It's got sort of a W.C. Fields thing going on there. Kids, go ask your grandparents. And a, you know, a happy little dog sitting there next to him on the cover, uh, which anyone who's ever watched a movie knows if the guy and his dog are happy, 
Some bad shit's about to happen. Kidnapped canine. Louis, the junkyard guy, whose name I couldn't remember in the field report, was just settling, settling down to his regular Sunday afternoon lunch, a foot-long head cheese sandwich with tons of mustard, six garlic pickles, a two-pound bag of potato chips, and a diet soft drink. Well, apparently, Louis not worried about attracting the ladies. The manual tells us, uh, parenthetically, the diet soft drink was because Louis was watching his weight. Nobody likes a fat junkyard guy. Okay. If any fat junkyard guys are listening, uh, no offense intended. I'm just reading what it says here. The phone rang and Louis picked it up, even though his mouth was full. Well, that's just bad phone etiquette. He listened a few moments and then sprayed crumbs of bread and head cheese all over the office. A dastardly dog napper, gang kidnapped his best pal Scraps, the infamous scrapyard dog. If Louis doesn't hand over the deed to the junkyard, Scraps is dog gone. Louis played along and told his kidnappers he would bring the deed to the first checkpoint to receive further instructions, but it's un-American to knuckle under to kidnappers and terrorists, and Louis won't do it. He's going to go to the checkpoint and find out the location of the gang's headquarters. Then he's going to rescue Scraps and rid the town of the puppy purloiners. With a few useful items for weapons, mostly old cans, Louis sets out to save his buddy Scraps. Can Louis save his cruelly captured canine, or will little Scraps end up dog meat? Find out and help Louis save his scrapyard dog. So there you go. Doggone dog nappers. So, we start as we always do. You put in your uh, cartridge into the console, you turn the thing on, press the right fire button to display the first set of instructions from Mr. Big, press the button again to begin play. Just the fact that they have these little screens with, you know, instructions already tells you that this is a, a, a step above maybe the, the typical Atari game and that they're going for something a bit more complicated. You can pause the game, which I always forget when I'm playing 7800 games that I can pause it if I want. I have complete control over these worlds unlike the real world that i operate in press select to begin a new game the object of the game obviously is to defeat the criminals and get your dog back at each of 16 checkpoints the kidnappers leave instructions and you have a specific period of time to reach each checkpoint because i'm under time pressure to get this episode out uh, because of the aforementioned computer problems i did not spend this as much time with this game as it probably warrants I don't remember seeing like a time, a countdown timer or anything on screen, but apparently you have a specific period of time. Along the way, you have to dodge rats and other annoying obstacles, rolling tires, collect as many weapons and other useful items as you can, which prepare you for more difficult higher levels. There's a, there's not like a, a, a hidden menu that you have to pull up to see your inventory, but your inventory is sort of played out at the top of the screen. I found the color scheme I'm doing in my review here, I guess. I found the color scheme a little disappointing, at least for the first part of the game. It's all green, basically. Uh, black and green, really, and so it's it's not very bright, and as a consequence, the inventory at the top of the screen, it's hard to really know what you're looking at. There's supposed to be cans and bags of money and uh, other stuff, but it's to me anyway, it was hard to tell one thing from another. But basically, you're trying to collect cans and bags of money. You can use the money to buy shields and, I guess, other weapons along the way. If you get farther into the game. Six rounds in Scrapyard Dog. Each of the first five rounds contains three levels. Junkyard, City, and Sewer. There is no uh, sewer in the final round, but the city and junkyard are more hazardous than ever. You have to scrap your way through each round to answer the phone at the end of the round. That's where Louis receives his instructions on how to progress to the next level. The last round of the game takes place in Mr. Big's warehouse, 
where you get a special challenge that you must overcome before you can rescue your pitiful pooch. Moving the joystick left moves you to the left, right, moving right moves you to the right. If you push up on the joystick, you can knock on doors, activate the tune in the piano rooms, pick up the phone at the end of each round, and enter sewer pipes. If you want to see a really bad performance in the piano room, where basically I just kind of give up before I even start, uh, watch the video of the field report. Push down on the joystick, plus, plus pressing the right fire button activates the special weapon. The left fire button makes you jump, and if you hold the button down, you jump higher. The right fire button throws a can. When combined with the down joystick, it throws a special weapon. Uh, there are bonus rooms. I mentioned one, right? The piano room. Basically, these are rooms where special things happen. Basically, you, you access them by going into dumpsters. The piano rooms are found in the dumpsters on a junkyard level. Basically, you stand on uh, the P icon. A tune plays on a giant keyboard at the bottom of the screen, uh, and you have to jump down and basically repeat the tune exactly as it was played. And if you do, you get a large bonus. You get a smaller bonus for a nearly correct tune, and no bonus if you have a tin ear and make too many mistakes. Telegraphing my, my review, I hated the piano room because 7800 joysticks have all sorts of problems. Uh, one of them being that it's hard to finesse, at least for me, how your character moves, especially when you're jumping. So I could not hit the keys without hitting a bunch of other keys and messing up the, the tune. So I did not like this part. I used the 7800 joystick because of all these times when you have to have a left and right button and so forth. So maybe with a, a regular 2600 joystick, finesse would have been a little easier, but you wouldn't have all the fire buttons that you need. So life is hard is what I'm saying. There's an office room found in the city. Three bonus items will appear among the chairs and filing cabinets, each one at a time. And you have to hustle around and find each item before it disappears and move on to the next bonus. The sewer room is found on the sewer level and contains multiple sewer pipes that you have to choose, uh, of which you have to choose the correct combination to reach the special sewer room where you'll find a bonus. If you don't guess correctly, you fall into icky sludge and are booted out of the room, which is kind of like life, really. Uh, there are shops in all the levels. I believe I visited a shop in the field report. In the city, the shops are located behind some of the doors. In the sewer, they're in the or at the end of certain pipes. In the shop, you can buy an offered item if you have the money, or you can recycle collected cans for money. If you want to buy the item offered, you can rudely say, yeah, pushing the left joystick, or nah, pushing the right joystick. If you say nah, you exit the shop. If you say yeah, then you have to push the left fire button once for every item you want to buy, i.e. push it once for one comb, twice for two combs, etc. There's also a shop where you can buy extra lives. There's a shop where you can buy a shield and a shop where you can recycle your cans because that's just a good thing for a good citizen to do. Um, there are shops to buy more cans, super cans, I should say, a shop to buy bombs, a shop where you can buy extra time to complete the level, and all throughout, uh, you encounter other items along the way that you can just pick up. There are bonus items, such as a money bag, a gold money bag, a can, a clock, a heart, which is an extra life. Collect weapons and shields to give to survive this dog-eat-dog -dog world. The super cans, uh, unlike your regular cans, which is your basic weapon, the super cans seek out enemies and destroy them. You don't even have to aim. Your enemies include mice, rats, birds, and gangsters, and tires. Only bombs can flatten bastard balls. Out of respect for scraps, you try not to destroy fire hydrants, but sometimes it happens. I guess. Point values range from 25 points for cans and clocks and such, 
up to 500 points for things like rats, basketballs, birds, hydrants, and tires. And that, friends, is how you play Scrapyard Dog for the Atari 7800, 1990. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. After the 7800 version, there was an Atari Lynx port in 1991. The game was developed by Blue Sky Software for the 7800, created software designs for their links. Review scores kind of bounce around. I'm just kind of glancing at them here. GamePro gave the game 19 out of 25. IGN uh, gave the Lynx version 8 out of 10. Actuler Software Market gave the Lynx version 4 out of 12. 7 out of 10 from Atari Gaming Headquarters. Nobody really gave this more than like 90% uh, favorable rating. FreezeNet observes that one way of looking at this game is that this game is attempting to take on Super Mario Brothers. That's what I was trying to think of. Because it does have that feel and the bouncy music and whatnot. A similar level structure allows for an attack system, even permits you to stomp on some enemies, um, even trying to one-up that uh, other game by introducing a money system. However, by this time, Super Mario Brothers 2 was already on the market, and Super Mario Brothers 3 was released. Both games alone make this game outdated and outdone. Another setback is the fairly steep difficulty curve. If you make it through level 3, chances are you're already heavily invested in mastering the sometimes wonky movement of the character. Considering these levels all take it take all of 5 minutes each, that's not a lot of real estate to help players get used to controls in the environment. The good news is the mini-games uh, within the game, which break up the action a little bit, but the games are really difficult and require multiple attempts. Generally speaking, the game is a nice attempt to take it on some of the bigger titles about five years ago. Bad news is the game is competing against the games it is competing against by this time make this game borderline out of date. Atari HQ says that Scrapyard Dog is a platformer through and through and not a bad one. If you have some patience, you can ignore the fact that the main character looks like he was crushed to death by a large asteroid covered in ugly juice, but I digress. Graphically, the game is good with everything looking colorful and distinct. I didn't really have that feeling, but okay. Not quite as good as Mario, but good nonetheless. Sound is nice. And another nice touch is that after you die, the guy in the continue screen looks just like Polly from the Rocky movies. What more could you want? Okay, well that's all well and good. Fine. You know, the game's okay, the graphics are fine. It was trying to take on Mario, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. That's all great. But the real question, the real thing we have to get to the bottom of here, get to the heart of, if you like, is what the hell is head cheese? You remember in the little story that sets up the premise of the game, we're told that Louie is enjoying a big old head cheese sandwich. For most of my life, when I would hear the term head cheese, I thought it was like a slang term of some sort or, or a made-up thing. 
And then for the lighter part of the life I've had so far, I'd like to think it's not over, uh, I've just kind of had this vague idea that, okay, it, it is some sort of actual food, but honestly, I didn't know much more than that. So I looked it up. Head cheese, the internet tells us, is not a dairy cheese, but a, tur- a terrine or meal or, or meat jelly. I'm already out. Made with flesh from the head of a calf or pig, or less commonly a sheep or a cow, and often seen in aspic. The parts of the head used vary, but the brain, eyes, and ears are usually removed. Oh, well, that's disappointing. It originated in Europe, usually eaten cold at room temperature or, or in a sandwich. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go throw up everything I've eaten in the last two years. <coughs> that is repulsive. Also, I beg of you, do not Google pictures of head cheese. Oh yeah, it's coming up again. Hold on. <coughs> on to less nauseating topics. Dogs. Scrapyard dogs or junkyard dogs, of course, are a real thing, right? Common. It's common to have you know, junkyard owners to have a dog kind of patrol the pro- uh, the property and kind of you know be guard dogs essentially. So I found an article uh, that sets out what it thinks is the top five breeds of junkyard dogs. And surprisingly, poodles, not on there. We have the Belgian Malinois, strong, medium-sized body and aggressiveness. Don't have them around children, but they're a great junkyard dog, according to a local towing company in Norfolk. It's good at being outdoors and has a comp- has been a company favorite to law enforcers, rescue operations, and even therapy assistants. Brilliant and obedient. Then we have, no shock here, pit bulls. Descendants of the bulldog and terrier breeds, often misunderstood and have even been banned in some countries. But they're physically and mentally robust, agile and powerful, uh, have powerful muscular bodies. They're very responsive to training and have a lot of great characteristics to be a guard dog. Rottweilers, usually bred for being guardians. Most males need dominance and are, mo- and are most aggressive. They're active, intelligent, and trainable, but also noisy and cheeky little diggers. If appropriately trained, they can guarantee protection even for very young children. I worked with someone once who had a Rottweiler, and this thing was huge. It's like a horse, but and it was scary looking. I wouldn't want to meet it in a dark alley, but it was also the nicest dog ever on the planet. Didn't have a mean bone in its body, although I'm guessing if you messed with its owner, uh, you'd be dead. But just to be around it, all it wanted was to be your friend. Doberman Pinscher. When I was a kid, I lived next door to somebody who had Doberman, and it was not as friendly as the Rottweiler that I just told you about. It wasn't scary, but it clearly wasn't interested in being your friend. Uh, However, this description says they are affectionate and sweet. Maybe it was just me. People-oriented, easy to be with and trained, and train, robust and active, so they need a lot of physical activity, and if they don't get it, they could become very irritable. German Shepherd, calm, confident dog, fierce and friendly, large and powerful, it is common for people to see them sniffing bombs in public places and searching in aid of rescue teams. So there you go. If anyone listening is planning to open a junkyard, uh, I've set you on your way to uh, to getting that yard protected. You can send me a check. I kind of I had this sort of half wondering in the back of my mind, you know, scrapyard, and I wonder is that different than a junkyard somehow? Is there a difference? Should there be a difference? So I Google it, and I found an article that says. Wrecking yard, scrap yard, junkyard, pretty much the same thing, although you might hear the different terms in different places, right? Wrecking yard is more Australian or New Zealand, Canadian English. Scrap yard is more Irish, British, or New Zealand. 
again, or and a junkyard is basically American English. And this will shock you. It's where a wrecking yard is where you take your uh, vehicle to be wrecked. Usable parts are sold for use in operating vehicles, and the unusable parts are sold to metal recycling companies. All right, we've learned a lot today. So let's take a minute to go make a head cheese sandwich, because after the break, you can scrap your other plans for today. Don't think about leaving. We've got a lot more show and a dog. Best friend, Fido, Snoopy, Cujo. We've all had a dog. You just probably heard a dog now if the microphone picked it up. Probably. We've all had a dog that we uh, that we would do anything for. And in this game, your character, whose name I don't remember, his dog has been dognapped. Can you believe it, Henry? I can't either. But let's uh, let's go save uh, the pooch. See? My dog agrees. Loading. Loading. Oh, the tension's mounting. I cannot wait. Scrapyard Dog, 1990 from Atari Corp. And there's your guy. Oh no! I don't remember many games that have these little title cards with instructions on them. But we know what we gotta do, right? We gotta go to the phone at the end of the, the east end of the junkyard. There's your guy. This big red nose. I don't know what that's about. Alright, I just threw a can. Here, I'm jumping, jumping. It's got a very green uh, uh, thing going. I I'm not sure why. I'm not good at jumping over these tires. So basically, it's a run and jump game, for part of it anyway. Alright, just got a bag of money. Sweet. I've tried to do this uh, thing I'm about to do a little bit. I'm not very good at it, but I'll show you anyway. This is one of those uh, little side side missions, I guess. You have to play this piano, right? Basically told you what you need to do. Oh, they do it before. Now, it's only a few notes, four notes, actually. And it seems like it should be simple. The problem I have is I can't... Whoops. Well, I keep doing that, too, but... Can't, I don't have enough uh, finesse to jump exactly on the right. See, I already blew it because I didn't jump down on the right. Uh, what was it? Yeah, I don't have. Not that it matters. Yeah, it was like that one or something, but I've already messed it up. Um, so the idea is if you play the, the notes back, in the right order, you get uh, some bonus stuff. But I'm not good enough yet to do that. But that's what that looks like. Oops. The mouse uh, shivved me, apparently. Um, got a bouncy feel to it. I can back. Top of the screen, you see the different things that you have. I guess it's really hard for me to tell one thing from another, but you've got cans, 
which are your weapons, uh, money that you can use eventually to buy things. We're not going to get that far in the game, I can tell you right now. Um, yeah, I got tired. Eh, did it, Henry? I got tired. Henry's not talking to me. I don't blame him. It was a dumb joke. No! good-looking game, I guess, for 1990. It's more complex than I expected. There's more going on, the little side missions and whatnot. I was expecting just kind of run and shoot, basically, which is a lot of what you're doing, but uh, eventually there's going to be, you know, like I said, we're not going to get there, but eventually there are rooms, uh, stores where you can buy supplies and weapons and things. Is there a piano in here, too? Oh, here we go. This would be one of them. So, you, this is a weird economy where you can buy stuff either with money or you can buy stuff with cans. What should I buy? Should I buy or should I not buy, Henry? Yes. Of course I should. Capitalism. <laughs> Yay, capitalism! What? I said yes. Does he have a tattoo of mom on his arm? Yeah. See, there's the heart. Here's gratuitous shot of my hand. Uh, here's a heart, and it oh, says Oh, so you mom. might hear the static. Yeah. That's the best part. You find out if you could electrocute. Sorry, only rock stars can get money for nothing. Eh. That's clever. Are these two all you cans? I don't know. Maybe I didn't have any cans. I think I had like five cans. I think he was telling me in his own subtle way that I don't have any money, so I can't buy anything. Fine, I don't want 11, anything. You have 11 dollars. I don't want anything in your stupid store. So you have $11. I do have $11, but I, I think in that store you needed cans. I think you had like five cans. I don't know, man. Ooh, there's some money. Oh, you can't go back apparently. And I just got tired again. Ah! Ah! Is it funny this time? No. Whoa, wait a minute. What are we doing here? Same guy. Oh, continue the game. Yeah, one of the features, of course, of the 7800 is you can frequently you can continue your game. Uh, I'm not going to. You've gotten an idea anyway, and I know we're near good enough to show you much more. Yeah, but you get the idea. I will talk to you more about this after this report. Ah, oh, I like how they they leave a little bit open. Scraps fate is undetermined, quote unquote. Uh, but I think we all know what happened to Scraps. It said February 13, 1990. Is that important? Is that like when the game came out? I don't know if that's the exact date. I will try to find out. So that's uh, Scrapyard Dog from Atari 1990. Poor Scraps. We hardly knew you. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in.
Second Duck on the Right and Other Very Short Stories is my new short story collection. Duck con artists, zombies, things on fire, supervillain angst, and a future without poop are just a few of the topics in these stories. Also the occasional really bad poem. Waddle on over to your favorite bookseller, or swim downstream to my website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, for more information. Insert quacking up joke here. Here's the thing about Scrapyard Dog for the 7800. I've already kind of pretty much said this, and I feel like I say this a lot lately. Maybe I'm just very busy. But I did not give this game enough time. I kind of like what I see. I'm intrigued by it. It's got more layers than I expected when I sat down. I definitely see the Mario Brothers vibe. Uh, and I, there's no great announcement here. Like a lot of people, I was really into the Mario games. You know, around this time, I had, don't tell anyone, I had kind of put the Atari away. And I was caught up in Nintendo a little bit. So I was playing the Mario games. And this does have that feel. And I also agree with the reviewer who said, by 1990, uh, this particular game was probably kind of playing catch up a little bit. So that's unfortunate. I think it's got some good bones. I think if I spent more time with it, I would have more fun. It's on my long list of games to come back to because I I like what I saw and uh, I want to see more. If you guys have thoughts, uh, I'll say it. As we know, my criteria for a good Atari game is if I want to play it some more. And this one I do. I say that a lot too. If you guys have thoughts about um, Scrapyard Dog or dogs, in general, uh, you know how to reach me. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story comes to us from Bad Poetry Corner. It's called... Dogged, distant barking, a scrapyard dog. You live your life, ignore that call. But not distant, not far at all. Distance is funny, lost in fog. A rat you are, scurry along. Noble rat, sure, fight to live. You're the rat, so you're asked to give. Distance closes in, the dog barks. Life catches up, so that rat parks. Life moves not in miles, but through sieve. That scrapyard dog through the junk runs, stumbles, dodges, but on he goes. Cast off bits of our lives so close. The scrapyard dog thinks this is fun. Don't care what you wish life had done. Yeah, the scrapyard is our yard too, but the scrapyard dog leads us through. Step in mud, trip on a fender. You're a crushed Ford from rear ender. Dog shows the way, not what to do. The scrapyard takes our cast-off stuff. We ignore it, but it's all there. Hopes and dreams, wide fields full of cares. Build a plant, mall, or arena. Cover the stink with bits of fluff. But your life is still there harking. So don't scold the dog for barking. The thing about scrapyard dogs is, they can be tamed with ear scratches. Howls echo when it's darkening. (laughs) 
Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Compact.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Tortney for the Storytime theme. Toss the show on the scrap heap over at Apple Podcasts with a five-star review. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And check us out on Instagram. Don't forget, you can call me, too. I am never going to answer the phone. Nothing personal. But you are free to leave a voicemail about pretty much anything you want at 563-265-1978. And there's a pretty good chance I'm going to play it on the show because if you're talking, that means less content that I have to come up with. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for information and links to this show, information about my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, info about books that I've written. You may have heard me say this once or twice. Uh, but I've got books, and you can purchase them for your very own, like Second Duck on the Right and other very short stories. Please consider supporting the show also by going over to patreon.com and signing up. You get stuff. You can get extra content. You can get episodes early, video of the field reports. You can actually watch me playing the games really badly. Uh, all sorts of stuff. But you have to go over and sign up on the Patreon. Thank you in advance. You also get to say that you're in an elite group with these guys. Michael Tyler, Jose Gazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Patrick McCarthy, Jeremy L., Mark Super, and Jim Doble. Thanks to one and all. All right, we're about out of here. All that's left is to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. Okay, so I told you that uh, I have this new 5200 console, and I gotta try it out. So next time on the show, we're going to play Space Dungeon. For the 5200. I gotta tell you, I don't really know anything about this game. Except I, I, I stuck the cartridge in the console the other day and looked at it and thought, what the hell is this? So clearly I'm gonna have to do some research before I attempt to play this game. Space Dungeon, the name, just sounds to me like a cheesy 1960s uh, sci-fi dime novel. Uh, which is not a complaint. Uh, that's just what it sounds like to me. So we'll find out if it is. And I will let you know next time. Until then... Go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,